Hey y'all, this is Vidiotic. My name is Joe. And my name is Sean. And it has been a while. It has Sorry been a about good while. The longer while. It wasn't meant to be that long a hiatus, but honestly, we've had a lot happen. <laughs> yeah. We, we va- really have. My vacation felt like a dump truck hitting me. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I had a very extended period from uh of no work but it's okay it was actually during a shutdown and then after that i kind of just i fell into a bad sleep schedule because it's like cool you know i'm off this is actually you know (laughs) this is the time off that is basically just you know required in a way like okay whatever then we come back from the holidays you got the post-holiday slump and then you you've got a and i got back into the swing of things with work my schedule kind of changed a bit had a lot of papers to fill out because I I got transferred from uh, a temporary to a full time employee, <laughs> so I've got, I'm still getting envelopes in the mail. Oh jeez, of the same forms that I've already filled out in the weeks ago, <laughs> and things like that. Just notices they always want to make sure to cover their backsides, you know. I hate paper. Yeah, I know. I hate all paper. This is it was fun to shred a lot of it though. Even that loses its joy because then you have to clean up all the mess. Oh, no, no, no. This is one of those nice shredders. It's got a bin, you know, it just goes right in the bin. And you just like (laughs) take the bin and dump it like I guess. Oh, very nice. (laughs) The same brand of shredder that shredded that picture. What was that art piece that got shredded? Uh, What was Like Girl with a Balloon, I think it was called. I don't recall. That sounds so familiar, but I can't recall. I wouldn't doubt it. It's probably the whole monotonous, they were shredding documents, reach for the wrong one. Oops, there's the this oh. artwork of... No, no, no. It was, uh, it was, it was so funny. It was, it was a prank slash, um, like, artistic statement. And this picture went up, this, uh, painting went up for auction. And it was, like, sold for a lot of money. I don't know who did it. But in the frame that they had it framed in, as soon as the gavel went down and said sold for fifty five gazillion dollars, <laughs> someone triggered a remote and the paper or the painting just started to sink down into the bottom of the frame, which had a shredder and just and everyone starts freaking out because someone had just paid for it. <laughs> It got halfway through before uh, it got shredded halfway before they stopped it. <laughs> Man, but yeah, huh? You don't say. Mm-hmm. Well, with that lovely bit of trivia in the way, you know, um, there you go. All things considered, how you doing, Sean? I'm doing okay. I am hanging in there, white knuckling it. Yeah, as I say, like 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 we told you all, lovely people out there, we we had a bit of a, a bit of a hassle actually. Kind of like besides my, my stuff, I didn't want to sound like it's all about me, but no, Sean had some stuff happen to a lot of personal things, and it really set us back. And we just we had to take that time to be back to where we could say, "Hey, y'all, once more." So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, life doing what life does, basically, running you over, running you over. Backing actually, it up. It's like you think you dodge the, the one thing and then you get hit by something else completely random. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is. You sidestep 
the freight train. You do a little dance and miss the 18-wheeler. And then you get hit by something else just it's it's like tracks. it's like it's like you get you get hit by one of those those cars where it hits you then it backs up and then it's one of those ones with the suspension where it just jumps up and down ka-chunk 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 while playing heavy bass music it was like <laughs> that speaking of which you excited for the new fast and the furious <laughs> Man, your segues are so are so perfect. <laughs> family, boom. <laughs> it's all about family. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've actually never really seen a lot of those movies. I watched the really? first one. I, I, my sister actually has upwards of the five of them, so up to Fast Five at the time, okay. and she really enjoyed. Like, she enjoys them, and I'm like, I liked the first one, because it was actually, like, you know, the first one of a, a story based on a niche idea. Mm-hmm. You know when films kind of tackle that? There's a couple of films, there's many films like that. I was going to say a couple, and I'm like, what am I saying? That's been, it's over the years, there's been so many. You know, there are films that focus on something and kind of make it a subgenre of itself, but it's a niche uh, area that a lot of people are, not a lot of people are in. Mm-hmm. So those they they try to attract to that crowd, and I'm like, this would be the the cars, you know, the petrol heads and things like that, the street racing kind of crowd. They were like, oh, let's capitalize on that stuff that's happening, you know. And they and they actually crafted a story around it, you know. Made the first, I think it was at least the first two people said were actually more story heavy. Yeah. So there's I can actually break this down. There's two main groups of people when it comes to the Fast and the Furious franchise. The first group, which I would place myself in, are the ones that heavily prefer, uh, you know, Fast and Furious 1 through 5. Those, in my mind, are the better half of the franchise. Then there is a second group of people, who I understand, where they only really got to liking the franchise at Fast 5. And then, and from then on, then they kind of liked the franchise more. I would say this is what my sister told me was that Fast Five is where it was kind of the tipping point to what they're doing now. Right. And everyone. It was the one when it got bigger and more ridiculous, but also like, you know, kind of for that appeal, like you said, where a lot of people like it for how big and ridiculous and stupid it gets. Yeah. Everyone universally agrees that Fast Five is the best. Everyone from what I've seen agrees Fast Five is perfection. And then they kind of lean into the more, uh, you know, outrageous antics going on fast six, seven, yada, yada, up to 10 now. (laughs) Um, But then, like you said, you were right. Like the first five is a more more small scale storytelling. I mean, they're still like driving around stupid speeds and cars. Yeah. So (laughs) there's still a bit of unbelievability in there. But yeah. It's more I will say one thing I liked about watching the first one that mm-hmm. that it like I kind of had a revelation when I watched it. It was just a modern day cowboys robbing trains. Yes, if you think about it, it really was mm-hmm. group of group of uh, street racers are who are on the side robbing these eighteen uh, wheeler trucks on deliveries, and they're doing like all this thing. They have like this whole plan. They do all the ways they they steal from them and all that. And I'm like. I was watching it, and I kind of went, wait a minute, this is the exact same thing of cowboys riding up to the trains, jumping on them, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking the stuff and riding off. I'm like, this is exactly the same. 
and not to make it sound like I was belittling it, I'm just like, this is a modern day, you know, bedtime, modern time retelling of it. And that made it interesting to me. I was like, this is just kind of like a story. Whoever came up with this comparison is actually really cool. Yeah. So no, like, you know, when, when they were trying. That's very, that's very accurate. Um, and then like Fast Five, I think still fits into that category. Like they went to Brazil, but um, it was still essentially that's what it was. Um, like an outlaw story taking on the big, uh, the big bad. It was almost a Magnificent Seven story, almost. Hmm. Um, and then it kind of got into like, oh, now they're they're not the street level outlaws, you know, making their way in the world. They're like, oh no, these are like highly trained government agents, the best in the world at what they do. And I, th- I think in Fast Nine they literally took a car into space, um, and I'm like, I, I, I don't doubt okay. it. It was really like, right. I think when I saw the trailer for like Seven, I think it was, it was either Seven or Eight. I can't even tell you. So that's that's kind of a little indicative of what it is when yeah. the trailer launches off a cliff into a plane or something like that, and then into a like helicopter or out of helicopter, or whatever. I was like, okay, this and they're is fine. Us. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, this is I see. This is basically just this, you know. They they literally went from like what you said, basically like a Western cowboy uh motif to literal superhumans, like literally superhumans in Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> like spoiler alert. To, to be fair, Hobbs and Shaw is a spin off, so it's it not is really spin-off. meant connected, but I know the characters yeah. are in the universe, it's just are know. you are you aware of the uh 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 rock versus um oh jeez what's his name no 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 yeah 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 Vin Diesel yeah are you aware yeah, of that yeah apparently how they hate each other yeah I heard it was something similar to like uh something at, at it started off kind of similar to um like Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner how they could work together but he really did not like how the one like did something and the other basically despised how he was like holding himself or something. And then they finally got to like a point where it boiled over. Just like, Nope, I won't work with him. I know. I think from what I had heard, it started petty and it just kind of kept going. It's like, well, it's one of those things where it's like, which is almost the reason the two of them were in the movie together. Um, but it's like, you've got two big names and the, the both of them kind of like represent like, alpha male dog to their perspective uh, audiences. Mm-hmm. And you can only imagine how that would manifest in their personal life and personal dealings. So if they have a difference, it's like, you know, neither of them, neither of them, of course, are going to give any inch. And then we, as the fans, can only glean what we can see from their, like, social media and stuff like that. So Yeah. I mean... Some of it could be. I don't want to dwell on this too long because we have been blabbing a bit. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I will say <laughs> on that point. I think some of it could be a lot of uh, ways of who wants to dictate how the series goes. Because it's like you've got Vin Diesel who's been in there since like the first one. Mm. He didn't come back until the end of the third movie, I think. Right? He was in the first movie. Then he his character, you know, actually, you know, Paul Walker's character told him go, like you know, run. I'm letting you go. And he, he runs and he goes free. He's out of the second movie where they focused on Paul Walker's character more. 
And then in the end of the third movie, then the fourth and fifth, then he was back. So I know that, like, that's how that works. But he's been in there basically since the first movie, you know, in essence, and then back for it. And he's been an executive producer on, like, all of them since mm-hmm. then. And the same with, like, everyone in the cast. So it's like him being there longer with someone like Dwayne Johnson coming in later for the fifth movie. And then being kind of a bigger, a much bigger deal because of his charisma, star power now, and everything, his name alone, right? Is, I don't know, I, I guess that might do something to egos and stuff. You could definitely see something like that, if you see what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. there's length of time to kind of a newcomer, but already a bigger, like, kind of a big, huge name before going in. So I think a lot of times it'd be like, well, I'd like to see you go this way. Uh, yeah, you're not part of this, pal. You know, like, hey, excuse me, I was here. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was from what I can tell. And like you said, we won't dwell too much longer on it. But there there was a mixture of that, I think, most definitely. And then um, actual, like, more personal arguments. Because Vin actually put out, like, a social media post basically talking to Dwayne Johnson. But, you know, basically talking to the fans saying oh, come on, we need you, uh, Rock. The franchise cannot go on without you, yada, yada. <laughs> and the Rock was like, he said it nicely, but he essentially said, uh, no, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But Yeah, well, you know, I've never really seen those movies. I think there will come a time, and heck, maybe even for this show as we go on, you know, maybe I'll actually I'll watch through them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be like, yeah, sure, you know. I liked the first one a lot. I've never seen, like, the up to five, and I have been told that I should watch, like, the second through fifth one at least to kind of get the – possibly – was it the fifth one or the end of the sixth one, I think, when Paul Walker passed? Wasn't it during the sixth one? Yes, because I think that was the big one. How they ended the sixth one was a huge tribute and everything. Which I will say, I've seen the tributes, and people said like a lot of people, including his family, said it was actually a very good tribute. Or like you know, I, I mean, I would argue... to be fair, everyone on the radio knew that it's been a long day without you, you, my friend. friend. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. it's a great song. It just got overplayed so much, <laughs> but it's a, it's a fantastic moment and a good song for that, like the I'll See You Again. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a great tribute song, and it was it was a very touching one. <laughs> but it's like, oh boy, I remember when it was on all the time. Honestly, yeah, like, if it weren't, if it were not for that scene, I think for you, I would say, yeah, you would, you would like, and Tokyo Drift is a bit of a controversial one, but I would say definitely watch one through five. And then, but because of that scene and that, you know, drama that kind of comes from outside of the movie itself, but you definitely feel it in the movie, I would say definitely add six in there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at this point, honestly, if I go to watching it, I'm going to watch all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll just be like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to go for all of it. <laughs> and the so... other ones are fun. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. I, I have the feeling watching them that I'd be like, yeah, this definitely looks like it's so ridiculous, like popcorn fare, you know? Right. Which is probably what they really have been capitalizing on. Just like, let's make something people want to just go in and see and be like, yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Which I'm all for. Like I said many times, if I want a movie, sometimes I just purely want a movie that will entertain me. And it doesn't even have to be something I'm totally into or familiar with or whatever. Right. If it's pure entertainment factor. 
I'm in. And yeah. that's that's that that's actually you know speaking of like since you were saying you haven't watched that movie maybe when it comes out, have you seen the spots and you know since we're both kind of into this for the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Yes. Yeah, I liked the that second one, one a lot more. Looks really than the fun first to one. me. Yeah, I agree. And I'm like, I've I'm new to D and D. I'm still relatively new to anyone out there to mega fans of people playing it for years. I'm I've heard of it, never ever played it. And then finally last year, for a while, we were in a campaign. Uh, I've been actually invited to another campaign, and I'm probably going to jump back into it. It's just been a while. I'm a little rusty at it, so I'm still new. But the cool thing is, I'm with a good for, we're. We're, we're, we're with good friend group who basically want more people and they're not the stuffy, you know, rule following type. They're the fun type who are like, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll help you out. And yeah, here's your character build. We'll help you with that. And yada, yada, you know, so I'm, I'm not more into it now than I was. I'm just still kind of getting the reins of it, but the movie looks really fun. So I'm like, to me, it looked again, like entertainment factor. Like I would sit down and think, yeah, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's, I cannot one of those... speak for the mega fans and the and the ultra rule followers, but <laughs> you know the uh, actually you can't do that attack thing. People that actually do this, I, I cannot speak for them. For me, this seems like the kind of thing I would totally be into. That's actually more of me. Um, I tend to be more of a uh, by the book type of like rules lawyer, um, which I'm not really in life. It's kind of weird. I'm, I have more of like a rebel streak in real life, but then because it's in that universe, I'm like, okay, what exactly am I allowed to do and how far can I go with it? But it kind of manifests itself in like reading all of the rules. Um, but yeah, but like you said, the movie, it looks like one of those movies that knows what it is and it's trying to be fun. And so, yeah. Yeah. And from I all, I, all I've it. heard, it has like support from the, uh, I'm trying to remember the name. Before it was acquired by Hasbro, it's like um the entertainment company that owns it, you know, not the movie one, but like Dungeons and Dragons. They're following like the five E style, which uh -huh. has been or the I don't remember the name. I'm so sorry. It's it's thing, Wizards of the Coast. I think that's the name of the publisher. Yes. They had like they worked with them, and they had like all the characters. They're doing all the, you know, all the things. Chris Pine is a bard. That's all I need. <laughs> I mean, I recognize like barbarian, tiefling, bard, you know, different classes, things like that. And I mean, a few like ones that I'll be like, is that a such and such or this? And somebody else will tell you, actually, it's this. I'll be like, okay, still looks fun. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that actually sells it for me is one of the co-directors and writers is uh, John Francis Daly. He's actually a fantastic writer, in my opinion. Like, I've been impressed with his other movies that he's done. At least one in particular. It's become one of my favorite comedies. But uh, if anyone doesn't know that name instantly, are you familiar with that name, Sean? I'll just ask. I don't recognize the name. Mm -mm. Um, did you know the TV show Bones? Yes. Never watched it, but yeah. You're familiar? Yeah. Uh, he was on Bones for years. Huh. And I mean, he's actually been in other stuff, too. He's like been in he worked with Judd Apatow, actually, when he was younger on like Freaks and Geeks, which was one of Apatow's early ABC shows and Things like that. I think he actually was the lead, if I remember correctly, like the main one you followed as a kid. But he's been in movies for a while, and then like he was a uh, the psychiatrist Sweets on Bones for like many years. His character was killed off as part of an arc, and it was this whole like you know revenge 
arc to follow who who went went out of his way to kill speeds because mm-hmm. he was such a beloved character and friend and i knew him from bones and i mean not to be honest bones ran forever so he definitely was making you know money off that and good steady presence but he he went into like directing and writing stuff more and like soon after bones his excellent for bones he came out with a movie called game night oh yeah 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 he directed and wrote that oh, or okay. co-directed co-directed co-wrote that and that's the movie that I love. It's one of my favorite comedies. It's actually one of my favorite style of comedies. I was watching and I was like, this guy's got, I like his like style. It's very, like, it's corny when it needs to be. And it's still pseudo believable that this kind of streak of bad luck could happen to people. Yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> like, soon as in, the, said in it. like, um, comedy of errors is what it is. Like, you right. know, one thing leads to another, and then it rolls to another, then something else happens. And I'm like, it's, I love that movie. And the fact that he's working on this one the Dungeons and Dragons one is what excites me for it. Yeah. With that knowledge of like Kim being in charge of game night, that makes a lot of sense with, with him doing the D and I know now he did have like one or two other films he worked on that were kind of stinkers. There was that, uh, Ed Helms helmed movie of vacation just called vacation. It was meant to be was like that... the national lampoons. Was that with John Cena? He might have been in it. I don't know. Oh, I sure. saw clips of it. My dad was watching one time, and I, I like sat down and watched some of them. Now, there was a good amount of people in that movie, and a few scenes actually made me laugh. Because it was a more <laughs> ridiculous comedy, but it was overall like kind of... It was more dumb, like as opposed to dumb enough to be... like It was dumber, I, not funny dumb, if that makes sense. Right. I was going to say, that wasn't exactly a glowing review of it, of a comedy. Some yeah, scenes no, actually it, made it me got, laugh. <laughs> it got low reviews from everyone. Aw. It was like a very low effort kind of style at times. My right. favorite clip was, I, I saw a clip they go, like, whitewater rafting and Charlie Day, do you know who that is? Oh, I know that scene. From Yeah, yeah that he's like, he just gets broken up with his fiance, so he's like, <laughs> while he's trying to take him down the river, he's constantly trying to kill himself. Okay. I, and like, I, I have seen I that love scene. Charlie Day. And I, I love I Charlie Day, it. too. He's one of my favorite comedian actors, like comedic actors. He, to this day, has still been the only guy who's ever had a joke from a movie trailer. And I knew that his, that joke was probably the best of the whole movie, but it was in that movie, um, uh, Fist Fight, with him and Ice Cube. Was that when they're uh, teachers? Yeah, like Ice Cube's the gym teacher, and then he's like the nerdy kind of... Uh, I don't remember what he teaches. It's, it might be mathematics, I'm not sure, but or science. And he's like, he gets challenged to a fist fight by the gym teacher for something. And he's like, you know, we're teachers, not the students. Why are we doing this? <laughs> There's just a joke in the trailer where he's talking to one of the women, and he's like, are you on meth again or something? And she goes like, yeah. Like, what? Like, no, no, yes. Or something. He's like, what are you doing? You know, you threaten your job. She goes, why are you threatened? Because it's the gateway drug. And he goes, it's the finish line. (laughs) Hands down. My favorite joke I've ever heard. Like just seriously up there. Top 10 in in life. (laughs) Just that one got me. It's the finish line. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but speaking of Charlie Day, have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh, many clips. Never fully watched it yet. Exactly. I have been told I need to from my brother. I've I've seen probably all of the bloopers, <laughs> which are hilarious. Never seen an episode of the show. Hmm. I just know that I need to. And I feel like I love the show. I've just never seen it. Like, I've seen clips, I've seen bloopers, but never actually watched an episode. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've seen a lot, especially when Danny DeVito got brought in. You know, I've seen a lot of memes. Anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> so anyway, I started blasting. One of my favorite pow, other pow. scenes is the one where the guy's like hanging on the edge of the building. He's just like, I got you. I got you. And he comes over with a two by four pushing him like, oh, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even need to know the context. That's funny. <laughs> just because uh-huh. I'm like, what did this man do? I... So they're like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> oh, this this may not translate because I'm telling it. But I remember I watched one of those scenes made me cry. I was laughing so hard. Danny DeVito, like, apparently breaks into this random guy's house for some reason or another. And he's talking to him. And he's like, the guy walks, so the guy walks down in the morning. Danny DeVito is like sitting at the table drinking his orange juice. And he's like, we really got to talk about your security over here. Do you know how easy it was for me to get in? with this hammer and the camera pans to the left and his window is just bashed in because <laughs> he just bashed in his window with a hammer. And he's like, do you know how easy it was for me to get in here? <laughs> oh man. That actually reminds me of a comic I loved when I was younger. It was a series of like, a someone made this random series. Like, you know, you have to come up with characters and stuff mm. of a, it was a polar bear and a penguin. And since they're from opposite poles you know north and south poles the fact that they were both together on one of the continents was like the humor mm-hmm. and i forgot what it was i think they were both on the south pole so one of them like floated down to the other something like that without meaning to so they were just paired up there was like no context for it, it was just kind of like that's what it was but like a lot of antics happened but there's like the guys like hey i found that like they they left that research station you know the researchers that come down for a couple months like, you want to go in and see what's up? Like, uh, don't they always lock the door? Like, oh, I'm pretty sure I got in. Like, how'd you get in? And he goes over, they, like, walk over to it, and the door's just broken in half. And he goes, <laughs> oh, I jiggled the handle. And then it pans over, and there's a shovel in half. And he goes, with that shovel? Yeah. And that sort of reminds me of just like, oh, I jiggled the handle with that shovel. So, but yeah, no, I, I love the clips of that. And, yeah, this is this is fun talking. It is fun. But we're, we're writing it back a little bit. So yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Fast, what do they call it? Fast X, I guess is the new one. Yeah. Fast yeah, 10, right. Fast X, Fast X. Yeah, so that's, that's a few like upcoming ones we'll definitely watch. How about we pull it back a little bit and maybe talk about, while we were on our hiatus and things, any movies that we did watch? You know, still waiting on a few. I know, like we said, we're, we're going to watch a couple in this year. And um, even ones that released last year, I still haven't seen. I guess I'll do a little side... Or a little side note here of I still want to see the whale. Haven't been able to watch it. Yeah, I, which I told you before, I have had time to watch one movie since mm-hmm. we last recorded anything, and that's fine. Like I said, we really have been busy. <laughs> we it's have not really, fun. We've been busy. We've been in our slump. We've had life hit us multiple times. With a bat. With a bat. <laughs> Danny DeVito is life in that situation. We'll be like, yes, I'm climbing back up. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, man. Well, let's see. I, I watched a couple movies on my hiatus, actually. I, I was able to chalk a few movies off the list. One one or two had released only a couple months prior. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few I haven't seen still, of course, but let's see. I'm trying. I pull up a little list here to like look over what had been released over the last few months and which ones I had watched. Uh, you know, this was a big deal here. This one's getting a lot of buzz, and I think 
a lot of people are expecting this one to win something at the Oscars upcoming. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Ah, that is on my list. How was it? It was definitely it was definitely weird. Like I mean, it really was a strange idea with the multiverse uh, take. You know how that's like a popular story thread for things, right? People like to do the whole, well, there's another universe, an alternate decision, a decision you make here. If you choose A in the other universe, you chose B or something, then it creates a whole new universe, things like that. Hmm. This one goes from like the interesting to just totally ridiculous, and it kind of just owns it, which I appreciated about it. It also was a lot more heartfelt than I expected, because at its core, there's actually a really deep like relationship story between like family. And it's not just like between two family members, it's like between the family itself or amongst the family itself. So it made it like, huh, okay, interesting. <laughs> and it kind of plays with your expectations a lot, where you think one thing might go, it doesn't, and where you don't think it goes, you know, it keeps going, stuff like that. So it was, it was interesting. It was a fun Is, watch. In, okay, so overall good? Yes. Okay. I don't know if I would say like it was an amazing film, like because that's what I heard a lot of people say. Some people gave it like this, like, "Oh, it was an amazing film." That I'm like, it was a great film. I just don't think I'd go as far as that if, if you know what I mean. Right. That's personal preference, so that is a subjective view. I still enjoyed it. I don't think I wasted my time watching it. I'm just like, I don't think that was an amazing like. I don't know if the film itself is worthy of winning best picture or anything, but I, I think it definitely, you know, Michelle Yao could be nominated. Uh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. The the guy that was winning a lot of supporting awards. Yeah, well, yeah, the one that wasn't in, then he name. actually ended up winning uh his uh, Golden Globe for his role, I believe, for best supporting or actor in a supporting role. K. Huai Kwan, if I'm probably butchering that, but that's what I meant. This guy played her husband did a good job in all honesty i'm really glad like he's actually getting things and learning his story and stuff you know it's fun to watch for that yeah i can't help you with that name i'm looking right at it (laughs) that that's why i said i probably butchered it but you know i I did my best and that's all that counts canceled yep (laughs) canceled uh it was a fun movie though i think i think you would enjoy it if you get to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely going to go into it kind of like with my mind already in the place where, you know, it's a bit more bonkers of a movie. It is. <laughs> so with that in mind, I, I can I'll... assure you of that. Okay, good. <laughs> and yeah, it had a few moments of more like abstract comedy and things like that, that just balanced a lot of like a lot of uh, genres and subgenres in a way all in one so this film actually is kind of a everything film like i will title. say I'm, I'm looking at the cast right now and one of the names at the top one of the characters is debbie the dog mom so i won't ask you for any more information i just want it out there that it makes me more excited yes uh i actually that scene right there there is a scene including her it, it I saw it out of context and that made me want to watch the movie more. Be, and I, I will not, like I said, I won't spoil it. It just, it really made me laugh because I was mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, did they actually do that? 
but yeah, it was it was really fun overall and very interesting. So I think you I think you'd get the same kind of feeling of like that was a popcorn flick, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, one I really wanted to watch that had come out and I, I waited. And then my brother actually, while he was home from uh, college, was telling me and he goes, oh, this one just released on HBO. And I was like, oh, really? I want to see it. Uh, the Menu. I've heard a lot about that one. That one was actually really fun to watch as well. It was definitely like it's kind of a suspense drama horror, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's a very over the top horror. Where it's not really that realistic. If you know what I mean. It's not a meant to be like a, oh, this could happen to you thing. No. In fact, it's actually hugely symbolic for a lot of things. I, I caught a lot of like meaning in in what they were comparing. You know what I mean? I caught a lot of meaning coming out of you, boy. No, Daddy, I'm sorry. I just want to watch it for uh, Ralph Fiennes. How do you say Fiennes? his last name? Fiennes. I say Fines is what I'd heard. I say Fiennes. <laughs> I say Ralph. I say Ralph. Yeah, let's Ralphie. just stick with that. Okay. Yeah, no, he did a good job. I mean, as always. He's right. kind of been like a few more like odd films, if that makes sense. Like than I saw when he was like younger, but the films I watched. I wonder you if get you what I mean? Play... Like you hear his voice, you see him do other roles, like very austere and a very like uh educated kind of figure right this very like he stands tall he's very he speaks very fine he does all these things and then i've seen him in other roles where he's just acting and other things like as i got older i was like oh man this guy really is like more versatile than i gave him credit for it's still funny to hear a voice like his coming out of like say he was in hurt locker and he played a soldier in the british army mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just sitting there like with a rag on you know like the scarf around his neck and sitting there with like shades above his eyes and he's like talking casually to a person i was like so weird <laughs> He's a very actory actor. Yes. <laughs> like, he's They're actually very. just good at acting. It's the incredible. actoriness is very actory. How, how would you feel? And I just had the. It's just an image in my mind about Ralph Fiennes playing Deathstroke. I think as a voice role, it'd be an interesting one. I don't know if I'd say about a live action thing. Hmm. Because he's done some voice work, too, just saying, you know, but not a lot, but some. I think he but could do it. He did a good job in this movie as any role he's been in. Great job. It's a like I said, there's a lot of symbolism in the movie. They use very over the top means to convey like the comparison to the real life thing, because it actually is a lot of it is a commentary on food service workers like us uh customer service retail workers in a way mm-hmm. the attitudes of the people who are the the hearty toddy ones you know the hoity-toity ones the ones that kind of think they're better because they make more than you or something the the treatment between them there's a the, lot of that actually explored in the movie the fancy schmancy ones the fancy schmancy yes and it's even that, like the people who are like, it's even kind of a thing on on some food culture, like the people that think they're better because they they understand they have some of the tech in their kitchens. They're not a chef, but, you know, they, they dabble in the cooking, but their mm-hmm. dabbling is like they still consider their dabbling miles ahead of yours. When you say, well, I can cook some of them like, oh, I guess you cook. <laughs> there's like there's a character in there that even is like uh, 
kind of a reflection of that. Even Ralph Fiennes starts off with like this whole attitude of his food of like being this better than holier than thou because of how he does it. He's such an auteur and he's such an artist, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of it in this film. But it was actually another like enjoyable, entertaining film watch. A lot of good acting all around. Interesting, uh, interesting how the story progressed and how it goes. So that was another one I, I got to watch. I wanted to see it. And I was like, I enjoyed it. It's on HBO at the moment. If anyone has HBO Max, you can watch it off that. So let me see. Oh, I watched uh, one I had been waiting for for a while, and I finally got to watch it. Was the Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery? Mm, another one, one was, that's on my list. Yes, that one is a. Uh, uh, I think it was, was it produced and released on Netflix after a theatrical run and is on Netflix now for anyone who's interested, but I loved Knives Out. I am actually a huge fan of whodunit mysteries. Like, just, I always have been. Even if it's, like, if it's Sherlock Holmes, if it's anyone that copies the style, if it's other, like, you know, Agatha Christie-style novels with, like, Hercule Poirot, anything like that, I love them. I love a good whodunit, so this to me was already up my alley when they released the first one. I really enjoyed it, waiting for the sequel. The sequel did not disappoint, in my opinion. It followed a lot of different beats than I thought it was going to do. Had a lot of interesting story elements. A lot of people, like casting-wise, it was really fun. Yeah, the I'm pretty sure we've discussed the uh, Knives Out before. Um, Because I was a bit, obviously, way back in history, The Last Jedi came out, and it was directed by Ryan Johnson. And so when it was time for me to watch um, Knives Out, I kind of was not sure. I was kind of going into the movie with a bit of a bad taste in my mouth for Ryan Johnson, for whatever reason. You know, we're not going to get into that. But when when I walked out of that theater, I was like, oh my gosh, I love Ryan Johnson. Um, and so that movie, I loved Knives Out. It was so good. It did the mystery well. I felt like it gave you just enough information to kind of tag along with what was going on and kind of let you try to figure it out. Um, and so I was really excited to see Glass Onion. And from the reviews I've heard and from what you just said, it sounds like it, it, it lives up to the first one. So I'm excited to see it. It's definitely enjoyable. It wasn't actually as much of a whodunit in a way. Like, it, it still was, but at the same time, it was almost a tiny bit less, if that makes sense. Because at the core of the first one, it, it actually was like a classic whodunit. You know? Someone's mm-hmm. dead. A lot of eclectic characters are involved. You've got your detective figure with uh, Benoit Blanc, who, you know, like Ryan Johnson, like you said, created a new one and he even said from the get-go he says i love those stories and i wanted to create my own character he's like so now and i think what's funny is that i think a lot of people are going to start regarding benoit blanc as a character alongside you know sherlock holmes and like poirot and people like that in literary Mm -hmm. history and now it's like he's created his own whodunit character his own sleuth and i'm like it's it's really fun for that the second one has like an element to it like that but it's not so much of a um 
oh, there is an app, like an absolute murder. Who did it? It's not quite like that. It actually follows a different kind of mystery format, but it's still like the same kind of super sleuth character, still solving a mystery presented before him. Really funny casting as well, all around. Everyone did their parts really well. So this thought just occurred to me. How would you feel about Daniel Craig playing Deathstroke? I feel like this is going to be a thing now. Uh, (laughs) Can he do the Benoit Blanc accent? Yeah. (laughs) Well, Batman, what we got here is a classic whodunit. It's like, well, you got, did you just throw a battering at me, sir? (laughs) There is a donut-sized hole in my chest. (laughs) Excuse me, sir, that's quite rude of you while I was speaking. Could you stop throwing your punches for for just a minute? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's my caveat he has to have the block accent still uh other than that i'm fine with it and a uh what's that like the ascot that you wear around the neck yes he's got the ascot over the like the armor yes yes he's yes. wearing the whole armor and the ascot tied just right there mm-hmm. the fashion it's all about the drip uh oh man uh it was fun though it's a good movie what is the other one I'd seen? Oh, yeah. You know, speaking of Netflix, there was a movie I had been waiting for a while to watch. And I waited a bit after it had been out. But I really enjoyed what I wanted to see. It was all the things that were, like, leading up to something I I was like, I definitely have to see this movie. It was a stop-motion film directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that's about it. That checks off two boxes that I really like to make me interested in something. It was the uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that film a lot. It definitely was a weird one, to say the least, because it was not what I like. I knew going into it that he had already said this is going to be a like, you know, a different take on the character and the story. There's a lot more elements in there that are that are focused on as opposed to what you think, you know, compared to, say, the Disney version or even the book itself and, or the story itself. It's uh, yeah, it was kind of an odd one. But everything was done very well. All the attention to detail, characterizations, animation, you know, the, the puppets were great looking, the sets, the design, absolutely gorgeous. I will say. It interested me, like the trailers and the posters and whatnot. I was much more interested in the Guillermo del Toro one than I was in just the um, Disney live action one. Honestly, the Disney live action one, I heard so much people talk, too many talk, eh, too many people talk about it to know Mm -hmm. that it's just bad. Like straight up, everyone just said this is an awful movie. Oh, <laughs> even compared to like a live action remake thing, they said some of the other ones had some heart to it, or you know had something to separate it. This one is like almost two by the numbers, and and a lot of stuff they said actually was like didn't make sense, and didn't really didn't really flow cohesively. So I'm like, that's a shame. But I didn't really have any interest in watching that live action movie. So <laughs> that's yeah. just me though. But this one, like you said, like the Del Toro one was, I like Del Toro movies. I love him as a director. I think he's very interesting, very intricate, uh, tells very interesting kind of strange stories, but in a way that still is engaging and almost realistic enough to make you believe it. 
And that goes for his horror movies or his dramas. So. This one was, like I said, uh, you don't need a lot to pull me in, especially when you already tell me it's a Del Toro directed film. But then if you also tell me it's a stop motion animated film, that's my favorite form of animation. I've said that multiple times. I'm already in. Let me watch this film. And yeah, that, that animation did not disappoint. That studio did a heck of a job. I compliment them highly. Speaking of which, I, I think we may have mentioned this last episode, but have we talked about chicken run two coming out? I, don't think so that one see that i almost forgot about that that was being made i was like huh i forgot they did confirm it Mm -hmm. yeah there's zero info on it yet as far as i know but besides that they're making it right i mean i don't know how i feel about it personally i think (laughs) the first one was kind of a self-contained story so i don't know what they're gonna do with it but it's one of those it's one of those ones where you know Sometimes there are movies, right, that everyone says, well, that one should have a sequel. And then 10 years later, a sequel is announced, and people are like, okay, I get why this one needs a sequel. Why did it take so long? (laughs) Um, And then there's other movies, like Chicken Run, where it's like, okay, nice little movie. Doesn't really need a sequel. Like, you don't watch it and think, wow, this is a franchise. It's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. (laughs) And then 25 years later, they're like, Oh yeah, we're making a sequel. Is anyone excited? And the world's just like it pans to the sure. people who watched it, and there's a bunch of skeletons in the seats. You know the yeah, exactly. Wind effect plays and be like, oh, I forgot about our demographic. When did uh, when did the first one come out? I'm gonna look that up real quick. Chicken Run, two thousand. Okay, I was gonna say what was that was Mel Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, that was Mel Gibson as Rocky the Rooster. You didn't know that. You know what? I feel like you told me that before, and I had the same reaction. Okay. I wasn't trying to sound insulting. I was just like, oh, you didn't know that, honestly? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, that's well, I, was, I was super young when I uh, when mm-hmm. I watched it. So, Oh, Timothy yeah. Small. Very nice. Oh, who is he, Mr. Tweety? Nick. Nick? Mm-hmm. Who's I don't Nick? remember who Nick is. I don't know. It's... Yeah, I'm like, who's Nick? Oh, and then Imelda Staunton Staunton as Bunty. <laughs> Bunty. Bunty. I can believe that. I love. I do love that movie though. That's the one I haven't heard in years. How would I you feel about Imelda Staunton playing Deathstroke? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> actually, now that you say it, Mel Gibson. Ah, oh, we need to stop talking about this. Yeah. What do you mean we? There's only one person bringing this up. I'm super excited about Deathstroke. I really want to see Deathstroke. (laughs) I thought I was going to see Deathstroke in the Snyderverse, and I saw him for like two seconds, and it's like, ah, I love Deathstroke. Only as a tease, and then gone. Such a tease, yeah. If you need your fix, just go pull up Teen Titans. Ron Perlman's already the best voice. Just saying. I know, but I need him in live action, and I need him done well. Then petition heavily to get them to hire Ron Perlman. (laughs) To do it in live action as well. He was up for it. I'm just saying. Yeah, how old he, is he now? He was game. He even said, if they come and ask me, like, or if they came and approached me and said, we want you, he says, I'm up, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, they went with Joe Manganiello. Or however you say 72. his name. Anyway. Sadness aside. 
Did my uh, mic just get out? No. You're still here. What was the last thing I said? He was 72. Ah, yes. <laughs> You're still here, my friend. Yeah, I got a like, big notification oh, oh. thing come up. There, there is one thing I want to mention just about the Pinocchio film real quick. It had yes. a lot of different people in there that I didn't expect. It also yeah. was a musical. Like, not a conventional musical because it was very few in the musical numbers, but the ones that were there were actually kind of... um. I, I'd say it like they were actually kind of necessary, which to me is how a musical is supposed to be. But, you know. I heard they were... Neither here nor there, but it was very interesting. I did not expect it to actually have full songs in it. I heard they were a bit hit or miss. I don't know, actually. I thought it was pretty good. They were definitely like more unconventional musical style, if that makes sense. Like they were... It definitely seems like Del Toro like directed it, if that makes sense, because he's never really done like a musical with like pop numbers or, or catchy jingles, but they were more like actual songs written for just for this movie in particular. And you can kind of tell, but they kind of do convey the story. Let's just put it this way. I was not expecting to hear Christoph Waltz singing. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. He was, um. He was actually like the circus owner in this movie, Count Volpe. I didn't know it was him, actually. That's how good he did. I, I didn't recognize his voice until I read the credits. I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> he does that, and then he even has like a little a song number. And I was like, that was like, he was that character? Dang. Although, to be fair, I will say one thing was really funny. They got Ewan McGregor to play, uh, you know, the cricket. Mm-hmm. And he keeps trying to sing. Like, he has a thing like, this reminds me of something my father said when I was young. Like, my dear father loved to say, squish. <laughs> and that happens like five or six times through the whole movie. He never gets to sing. And I'm like, okay, I will be honest. I did not expect that because they said they had him in this. And then when you told me, when I already had the first two songs in the movie happen, then I was like, and he comes in, I'm like, Oh, it's a musical. Oh, you got Ewan. And I already know how great a singer Ewan McGregor is. So I'm like, oh, okay, I know this is going to come. So I, I was like, okay, that's nice trolling on your part. I will I will give you credit. I laughed. Wait, well, he's already had a singing part in a Disney live-action remake. Yeah. But this isn't a Disney film, remember? It's, it's, a, it's, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not live action, and it's technically not Disney, but. Hmm. How would you feel? I would love about eh, no. Christoph Waltz. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Here's the thing: there's a few <laughs> actors where I'm just like, okay, I don't care if it makes sense to me. If this person gets cast in this role, I'm all for it. Or if this person gets cast in any role, I'm there. You know, they've earned the benefit of the doubt. I'm fine with it. Christoph Waltz is one of those people. Andy Serkis. Uh, yeah, there's probably one or two more. <laughs> there's the people there. I don't know. But there's like, if I see him, I'll know. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> So-and-so gets cast as uh, Deaths. Gets cast as Deathstroke, Danny DeVito. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, that would be so fun. <laughs> that would be a funny edit if it's like, Batman, look over, and then, like, you know, the camera pans back and forth and finally drops down a few inches to see Danny DeVito in costume. <laughs> <laughs> Batman. 
You're going to fight or what? You know where he would be great? In the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Or like, you know, I haven't seen it, but like if they made a sequel and he gets in there as like a dwarf or something. Or just a re- or just like as a human barbarian. That would, that would be, be really fun. funny if everyone says like, oh, look, a halfling. I'm not a halfling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, look, a dwarf. I'm not a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> when it kind of plays into because like, you know, people always want to make wacky characters. But yeah. What movie were we talking about? I just last thing I mentioned was about how Pinocchio was a musical was all. Oh, I wasn't yeah, expecting yeah, yeah. it, but no, I, I didn't think they were quite as hit or miss. It just was an interesting, strange story. But I encourage anyone who wants to see it, like if you haven't seen it either, I'd say you should definitely give it a watch. Mm-hmm. It was good. And now that I mentioned Christoph Waltz is in it, now you have to. So I, I have an ever growing list. <laughs> it's OK. It's how I feel about my anime watch list. It never stops. Mm. Honestly, while I was on break, there's only one other movie that I watched. And I think you said you had watched it too. It's the one you said you've watched. Yes. When we and, were talking. <laughs> and I loved it. I did too. It's way more uh impressive than I than I thought it would be, and all the all the stuff I had heard about it was definitely warranted. Mm-hmm. And this is of course the new Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. This movie, I so again, we always talk about, or I always talk about what you're thinking when you walk into the theater. I was expecting, because I, I liked the previous Puss in Boots movie. It was enjoyable. It was kind of funny. And I'm like, okay, if I can get that out of this one, I'm going to be happy. You know, I'm just not expecting any sort of hard-hitting emotions or whatever. It's just going to be kind of funny, yada, yada. It's a little cartoon. Oh, my gosh. This movie was so deep, constantly. I loved it. It hit all the right notes. The only thing I slightly didn't like was the Jack Horner character, but it's they made up for it in spades. I Death. definitely agree me? with that because it's just uh, it was it did not have any reason to hit that hard. Yeah, you know, people said like it didn't have to go that hard, and I'm like, I really went hard. And I appreciated it for that because I'm like, yeah, this is definitely DreamWorks actually caring again about a film it puts out. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, I don't hate DreamWorks. I never have. I, I love DreamWorks, honestly. I love Disney and DreamWorks and, you know, other studios that have come and some have gone, unfortunately. But, you know, DreamWorks over the years had been more so the meme generator. Like in their films, they they started out so strong with their stuff when, when they started, right? Their inception. That's when they came out with movies to oppose Disney. Hmm. You know, you talk about Ralph Fiennes earlier. You, you, I hope you have seen this, Sean. You tell me you've seen The Prince of Egypt. You're scaring me, buddy. I haven't. <laughs> oh, dear. Yep. Okay. So, why... Your list that's there, just mm-hmm. take that one and drag it all the way to the top now. Go okay. correct your mistake. Go correct your years of mistake. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've, so I've heard that from a lot of people. It's a fantastic movie. It's a fantastic account of, you know, inspired by the book of Exodus in the Bible. 
It's it's a great movie. It was definitely DreamWorks when they were again near their beginning when they actually cared about their products. Mm-hmm. Then over the years, like you know, they even co-produced things. Like we mentioned Chicken Run. That's Chicken Run and Flushed Away are yeah, Ardman, right. are Ardman Studio movies. They're their properties, but DreamWorks produced them. I, I would argue Kung Fu Panda is is a really 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 good. Kung one. Fu Panda is another like is another one where they kind of actually cared a bit more. Mm. It's still a little bit more like dumber, stupid things like oh, 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 funny, but it's like yeah, no, they cared more. And its sequel is very underrated in my opinion. But we'll get into that when we go back to underrated things. I can talk yeah. about at length. But yeah, it's like but over the years, like you know, they released other movies that we look at and go, oh man, they're just not. They don't care. Like they do not care. And then, like like we said, they did the Shrek franchise. And Shrek is still, like, you know, a lot of people consider it, like, eh, now. But I'm like, the first the first one, it's still a fun time. It was definitely, like, this whole poking fun at everything that was Disney, of course, was part, like, a big thing of it. Mm-hmm. All these things to it. And then, yeah, like, the characters they created with the sequel, introducing Puss in Boots, like we said. You know, Antonio Banderas, fantastic choice. I love that guy so much. He's such a good actor and singer. And he just, you know, he had so much fun with it. And then they keep going, then they create like four more movies basically, or three more movies after that. You know, TV specials, all that stuff. They kind of, people said when they saw the memes were coming out of the Shrek stuff, a lot of people actually argue that Disney gave us like memories, DreamWorks gave us memes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of an apt description of a majority of their films. <laughs> so, all that to say, when they actually released this one as a another. Uh, like technically a sequel to a spinoff in a way, considering like you said the previous Puss in Boots film, which I actually haven't seen yet, by the way. Oh, really? People said people had told me it was just a fun like romp as a spinoff. They said it's not like a major film or anything. It's just a fun character, you know, exploration of Puss in Boots and things. Mm-hmm. And I need to. I just have to find where I can watch it. And then this was a sequel to a spinoff, technically. And the trailer drops, and everyone goes, "Okay, the animation already looks amazing." They're definitely taking inspiration from Into the Spider-Verse with like how yes they cared about the art style, but then the movement is so dynamic, the camera angles, the animation kind of doing slower frames a few times to accentuate parts of it, you know, the color pops, everything. And then even the base art style being like this kind of like brushstroke watercolor. I love that art style. Yeah, so I had the same experience like like you said with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse where initially when you go in or when I went in the animation threw me off for a second I was like wait a minute and I'm am I going to like this and then 5 minutes into it I'm on board you know and you 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 forget what you're looking at and it just looks beautiful and Puss in Boots wasn't exactly the same style but it was very very similar um but I, once I, you're into it it's it looks great yeah, I would say they definitely took inspiration from it. That's mm-hmm. my main thing. They didn't try to copy and paste it. They just took a lot of like elements of it and said, I wonder if we did that with this film. And I'm like, I think it actually helped a lot. You know, the beginning scenes of like that, the trailer gave it away with like that giant stone monster. Yeah. Fantastic. Like the, the way they angle it, change it up so much. It's so you feel the dynamic nature of the movement. And it was like that alone was like a great change. But yeah, then the then the story kicks in, and then you're like, oh wow, they're actually leaning heavily on this. It's all about an allegory for you know, 
appreciating the life you have and making sure you make the most of it and everything. And it hits deep and you're like, good gracious. Well, and that's the thing. They went all in on it. Like there's not a piece of this story that is not deeply rooted in the allegory. Um, and there's, there's a couple of different ones going on, but you know, you kind of think, Oh, it's an animation movie where there, there will be kind of an underlying message and story kind of throughout it, you know, here and there. But this one was just, like you said, it went all in and it hit the mark hundred percent. Oh yeah. And I mean, I agree with you. The only thing I would say is like the Jack Horner character was funny at times, like John Mulaney, you know, doing the voice and everything. Love John Mulaney. A couple of, of moments really get you, you know, made me actually laugh. But other like overall, I was like, he's kind of there to just be the impetus to push them along their quest. Yeah. So it's like it, it's not the best character in general or even the best villain character, but it was fun. I'll give him that. I just wasn't really on board with the character design. It was a little off, too, like, to be fair. Did you ever like look at... um? Like, if you look at, like, a famous movie or something, and then you go to the special, uh, special, not special edition, special, special features. features. Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of see the... Uh, like, concept. Uh, yes, the concept artwork. This is an idea we had for this character, and he could have looked like this. And you look at some of those, and you're like, wow, yeah, you're right, that would not have worked. Good decision. This mm-hmm. feels like a concept art that maybe should not have been the one they went with. But, uh, you know, you never know. Yeah. It just, for me, it was a little bit off-putting, but mm-hmm. definitely Wait. did not take away from the rest of the movie. Yeah. And, you know, we won't get too deep into that because, you know what, I think since we've actually both seen that one, how about a review? What do you think about that? I think it is definitely deserving of a review. Cool. You know what? I think we'll leave our thoughts on it on that because, you know what, you folks out there, that will be hopefully our next episode after this one. We'll just be talking about Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. will be yet another voice or voices you've heard talking about this film. But it deserves it. In case you haven't seen it or still still are doubtful about whether to watch it or not. 100% go see it. Definitely. Rent it somehow. Wait for it to be... I would even encourage you, wait for it to be a physical release if you still buy like Blu-rays or like 4K Blu-rays or anything like that. I think it actually would be worth your time to go buy the blu-ray i don't think you'd regret owning it i don't think the kids these days even know what dvds are (laughs) i know good gracious you want to what is a dvd what's the dvd a dvd what's a dvd granddaddy what's a dvd you don't deserve to know antonio banderas as deathstroke hmm only if he gets to sing the "Who is your favorite DC hero?" Who's your favorite DC hero? Anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm up for him being something in the Batman universe. Hey, isn't that that Batman sequel being in the works? Hey, yes. Matt. Hey, Matt Reeves. And... Cast him somewhere in there. I don't care who he is. Have him be Mister Freeze. Well, and there's gonna be two Batman, because um, there's gonna be one. In the there is the DC. Batman universe, and then the one in the new James Gunn. Uh, yes, which by the way, we universe. need to talk about that at some point as well. Yeah, that can be down the road as well if you'd like. Do yeah. a little blurb style thing talking about recent changes and things, mm-hmm. upsets and shakeups, and all in betweens. 
the drama, the characters, the dancing. That was an actual uh, ad, I remember. I just can't remember what it was for. What, the drama? Yeah. Probably something James Gunn did, honestly. (laughs) James. What have you done? James, (laughs) James, James. Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jim. Oh, man. You know, didn't have uh, too much there to offer today, but yeah, there was no about what we had. <laughs> there was no script today, in case anyone had noticed. I mean, if you couldn't tell. We're getting back into the swing of things. We know y'all are with the new year. Hopefully y'all have got more of a, a schedule you're following. We're, we're kind of just getting back. Like we said, we didn't mean to take so long out, but life happened. Kept running us over. Danny DeVito life kept hitting us. Hitting us down while we were trying to climb up. Just when we thought we were there, nope. Life started blasting. <laughs> Life started blasting. But that's why we have movies. Yeah. While we're sitting there eating our second tub of Ben and Jerry's, we can watch something. Yep. The salt water from the tears helps the caramel flavor sometimes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Sounds like something <laughs> off the menu. <laughs> You're meant to cry into this dish. Cry. I wouldn't be surprised if that actually was a good concept for the dish, because that was literally how some of the dishes were. I don't oh, want to really? spoil it too much for you, but it would literally be oh, like okay. things like, you need to enjoy it on this kind of aspect of it. Like, if you want something that's kind of as, not really a spoiler, but just one thing he serves him, he goes like, the simple idea of bread through the ages is the most common, like, item the most common sustenance around the world ever since history began like you know they learned how to mill the grain to make bread and bread became essential the bible mentions our daily bread all this he makes a goal spiel and be like but i present to you an idea like a bread tray with no bread so there's just (laughs) it's literally like the different dipping sauces like tiny things of dipping sauces but no bread like you would eat it with like some of the oil or something like that you know people take in kind of it's just those things with no bread. That's the kind of art, artsy fartsy thing they they like make fun of. When you say it like that, it sounds more like me turning in a paper. So behold, my words. <laughs> the idea of a research paper has been around for millennia, but I've decided when to you take need... a new twist on yeah, it. Yes, you say. Have you seen the meme? It's like when you have to hit the word count on your essay. Yes. And then exactly. furthermore, therefore I would say, if I was furthermoreing on the furthermore and they're saying, I would say furthermore, <laughs> to my point of my point earlier, before the furthermore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100% exactly. how it got through. Exactly. I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. We went to the same school. I can attest to the teacher looking at your paper looking over like, oh, I guess it's technically there. No. Good times, good times. Yeah. You know, kicking off this year, though, this is 2023. Going to try to do some more film watching. Maybe a couple TV shows. I don't know. Probably not. Just saying. Don't get your hopes up. Uh, There's one or two that we we could probably talk about. Oh, definitely. And I mean, hey, kicking off this new year, like we said, going to try to revisit some episode topics over the years. Uh, I think we need to try to at least do one more. Because last year we kind of started a new idea. I want to do another HTML on something. Yeah, I think we definitely. could figure out a couple more to do on. It'd be definitely interesting to talk about. You know, uh, we got a couple of months till May. 
Star Wars month. That'll be ah, fun to go back right. to. That was definitely the most fun last year. Kicking that off, talking about the original trilogy. Thinking about, I think we said something about looking at the spinoff. Uh, oh, was it a trilogy or was it only two movies out of the planned three? Of uh, the spinoffs? Yeah. Uh... I think it was only two, right? Because they were going to make a Boba Fett movie and then it like never went anywhere. They did a Boba Fett TV show instead. Yeah, they made it a show instead. But they did. They only Rogue did two One. films, right? They did Solo. On Solo. Yeah, yeah, like it was. It was supposed to be a third one. I think the third one was supposed to be Boba Fett. I could be wrong, but they were like they said they were going to have three spinoff movies, and they only made two. Well, I think they were thinking about doing Lando as well. That would have um, been interesting. But... As far as we can tell at the moment, though, everything is just on pause. They're on their hiatus. Yeah, they're, they, well, I, I wouldn't call it a hiatus. More of like a... Reset. Reset, yeah. yeah. Everything's fine here. There's nothing to see here. No, no, I, we're, we're all good. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> That's a reference. I had the uh, Leslie Nielsen reference. You had the Han Solo reference. What was your reference again? There's nothing to see here. It's Leslie Nielsen when everything's blowing up behind him. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, folks, it's all fine. It's all good. <laughs> but thank you all for joining us on this fine day. We're getting back on the ball here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Go see we finally Puss in got Boots. a time to do something, record something. Yeah, go watch Puss in Boots. You definitely need it. Go watch it before the review because we have a section. For anyone who happens to come in to this episode not knowing what we do, first of all, hi, how you doing? We have a whole bunch of stuff for you to listen to first. But how we do reviews is we do a first half where we talk about it spoil- with uh, no spoilers, and then a second half where we clearly define it that we're going to just talk about it for people who have watched it. So that's how we section our stuff off for anyone out there. So if you want to listen to the full unex- like uh, unedited experience, watch the movie first. Ding. Yep. Ding. You couldn't tell, but that was a smile. That's my teeth. Oh. Now, who am I kidding? I made that noise with my mouth. My teeth actually sound like this. What was that? I forgot to floss. We need to. Okay. <laughs> I was like, we need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta go take care of that. Uh, breakfast to my teeth. Anyway, yeah, we thank you all for joining us. This is just kind of a casual conversation, things we watch, things we plan to watch. A little bit of start of the year, for us at least. So thank you all for listening, if you have. Thank mm-hmm. you for uh, listening to us, if you have already, and we're waiting for us again. Any of those couple people out there who did listen last year, hey, we're <laughs> back. So hopefully cool year for us. We're starting off. We'll do, as we go along, maybe HTML, different saga, different things to talk about. Fun stuff. Also, by the way, please be on the lookout. We'll talk more about it in the future. But we should have some YouTube stuff in the works as well. Mm. Just in case y'all want to know a little bit of something. We'll finally reveal who out of our casting choices today will play Deathstroke. So tune in for that. We need that episode. And, uh, I'm, I'm oh, we'll, I think we'll definitely talk about Hey, by the way, that's another one we haven't talked about. Just a little aside. We, we started a fan casting series with uh, Fantastic Four last time. Oh yeah. Just saying. That was actually a really popular episode too. We'll definitely go back to that sometime this year. So from us here at Videotic, 
Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. My name is Joe. My name is still Sean. Until uncertain time, until we change our names or reverse them or do whatever. This has been Videotic. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.